Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. Hey, everybody, this is Wandering in the Word for January 30th, this coming Sunday, annual meeting Sunday. It's uh, hopefully going to be a little warmer than it is as we record this today because it hopefully. is Arctic out it there. It is so North Dakota cold. cold out there, I tell you it's what. Disgusting. But uh, yeah, good day to stay inside and read the Bible. Well, isn't every day? <laughs> every day is good to do that. Uh, that is true. Is it a good day to read about the rejection of Jesus at Nazareth? Because this is an interesting story. Um, but yeah, I guess rather than give it away, oh, no spoilers. <laughs> we could read it, but um, yeah, so this is this is what's coming up for January thirtieth. I guess Melissa, would you like to read? Yes, I would. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 21 to to 30. 30. There we go. Um, Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, except to a widow at Zephrathah, at Sidon, in Sidon. Uh, There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Nam the Syrian. When they heard this, all the synagogue was filled with rage. They got up and drove him out of the town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The gospel of the Lord. Praise (laughs) Praise to Christ. All right. This is almost like a little supernatural Uh, there at the end. Yeah, it is a weird ending. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus is off on his way. (laughs) Passed through the midst of them like some kind of magic trick. It's a good thing. I um, in Nazareth, there actually is like a very high hill. And then, mm-hmm. so there's like stairs carved into hills and all of that. But that's what I'm picturing as I read this. And I'm like, that, that would have hurt. <laughs> I mean, that would have done some damage. Yeah. Uh, those people are really ticked off. Yeah. And this, is, this picks up from last week's story. It's right. Yeah. The last line from last Sunday, the 23rd is the first line for this Sunday when Jesus says today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Mm. And, um, you know, everyone's excited at that point. They're like, oh, great. This is the one that the Messiah, the one that's. Yeah, how wonderful. Great, Good. You know, he's going to feed the hungry and, you know, heal the sick and um, set the captives free and give hope to the oppressed and all these kinds of things. This is great. But then he keeps talking. Yeah, right. (laughs) We go from all spoke well of him and we're amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth down to. They were filled with rage. Yeah. <laughs> Taking him, want to kill him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Before, his, before the story gets to do his ministry, they're ready to throw him off a cliff. And, um, you know, it sounds harsh, 
I mean, because it is. You were right. <laughs> They're not the only humans that ever wanted to kill Jesus, though. I mean, this is no. kind of a, a preview of, of what the response is going to be as Jesus does go about the ministry and kind of lay out the, the implications for all of these gracious words yeah. that he's sharing. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I don't think that's too far off from us today. We're like, yeah, we, you know, we we want to love everyone and all are welcome. Church and all are welcome. And, you know, let's let's feed the hungry. And then it's like, well, let's let's support world hunger and it's like well but that's not local yeah we want to like know the people we want to know the people or let's let's feed the hungry but only if they deserve it right Right. only if they you know kind of meet our criteria of someone can like pass a drug test because otherwise their hunger might yes i don't know valid yeah right it's (laughs) It's their own fault yeah we all kind of do that we want to you know put up kind of barriers to grace and to love and um i think that's kind of what's happening here because jesus says this is what i'm going to do and everyone's like yes and then he tells these two gives these two examples um of of god acting on behalf of outsiders of non-jewish folks um you know the widow and um this guy naaman which we hear that story about who had as a he's the leader of another army but god chooses to heal him uh through elijah and and they're like, wait, wait, wait. The, the crowd here is all of a sudden going, no, no, no. We want God to help us mm-hmm. and feed us and take care of us, but not everybody else. Like, that's that's not cool. <laughs> no. Even though, obviously, I mean, he's pulling from examples that we read about in the Old Testament. Yeah. This is part of God's tradition yeah. through all of history is also reaching out to the outsiders. Yes. And, and Jesus kind of continues that, but it doesn't, it doesn't become less offensive with time. I mean, people are still... Oh mad about this all these generations later it's yeah like, wow yeah and it's and it's true for us you know mm-hmm. i think too you know we, we want we want to help people but on only on our conditions mm-hmm. you know and i'm not saying we should be irresponsible with resources and things but there is kind of a this expanding of god's grace and who god cares about rubs people the wrong way yeah and i think it still does for us as humans today <laughs> in many ways um but Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, this story goes from Jesus being revered at the synagogue and reading to the edge of a cliff. And he kind of somehow passes through them and, you know, tells them, hey, look over there. And then he like sneaks around or I don't know what he does. But (laughs) yeah, I bet that was it. That's what he did. Look, a a camel. (laughs) Going through the eye of a needle. Where? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they get so mad. And um so I think like the wrong way to read this is be like, wow, they were sure silly and dumb. Mm-hmm. And and to do what you've done, be like, oh yeah, I see that in us. Like this is kind of holding a mirror yeah. up to us so that we can see in ourselves and in our own lives, how we want to put conditions on, on what is limitless and boundless. And the good news then is that um, God isn't bound by the boundaries that people want to put in place. And that, that one way or another, however it happened, Jesus was able to go on his way and that, that God's will is not circumvented by human rage and, you know, murder attempts. Yeah. 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 I mean, although ironically enough, Jesus does end up getting killed for the same message. In due time. Um, Yeah. But it's true. I mean, you think of like even, kind of modern day, oftentimes, you know, revolutionary folks who are like Martin Luther King Jr. and stuff who are pushing for change and for welcoming the outsider and, you know, kind of putting a mirror up. Yeah. I mean, look what's happened. Look what happened to him. You know, it's the same, 
same end. You know, we just can't can't handle change. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, but it's true. I mean, it's true for for myself as well. I can certainly see a mirror, like, oh yes, God loves these people and these people, but definitely not those people. Like, <laughs> but wait a minute. No, that's not the message mm-hmm. of the gospel. So. Um, isn't it interesting the the um is not this Joseph's son? Like they're like, am I am I reading this situation correctly? Like this is that little kid that that grew up over there with Mary and Joseph and their family, and like now he's saying that the scripture is being fulfilled, like yeah, through him. I just I just think that dynamic of um people perhaps uh looking down on on younger folks and being like I don't know if you're very credible because I used to know you right. 10 years ago or I I saw the decisions you made when you were 9 15 years ago and <laughs> I don't know if I can trust you yeah I mean that uh Joseph's Joseph's sort of name is kind of drawn into this sort of trying to figure out of like who is this guy yeah that's the connection yeah yeah, it is interesting. So, and speaking of being young, that is a great, uh, great segue. Way to set us up for our um, Old Testament reading, our first reading, which comes from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. And so here we go. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Okay, so we got Jeremiah here, prophet, got his own has his own book of the Bible, and this is the very beginning. This is like his call story, um, and he's not as super excited by it <laughs> in the I beginning. Don't know how many prophets were like, "Oh yes, God chose me. That's fantastic." That's, that's true. That's going to might be like, "Oh." oh. Please, and then you read the rest of the book of Jeremiah, and you're like, ooh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, wasn't a glamorous life. Um, no, he had to, to say some prophet. tough words. Yes, he had to pluck up and pull down and destroy and overthrow kind of more than <laughs> to build and to plant, <laughs> it seems like. Um, but, you know, it's all it's all part of the gig, I guess, that there comes there comes both law and gospel is how yeah. Lutherans would talk about it. But yeah. both both sides of, of the reality of this relationship between God and humans, which is like, oh, there are, there are some boundaries I need you to observe and you are failing miserably. Yes. Will you come back into this relationship? And yeah, sometimes it's to speak words of comfort and sometimes it's to, well, to hold that mirror up Mm. you're talking about earlier to kind of show us an honest reflection of who we are and what we need to change and how we need to live. Um, And yeah, he's, 
it, it is true. Like if you think, I cannot think of a single prophet or call story in the Bible that has. They're just giddy. But they're like, oh yeah, finally, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> it's all like, no. All like, right. Pick someone Except else. For Mary, maybe. That sort of like, oh, um, okay. you're gonna have you're gonna have this really important baby, and she's like, "Let it be done with me according to your word." Like, sure. And that might be one of the only female call stories we get in the Bible. So that kind of interesting. Yeah. Bodes. Yeah, as guys, you know, we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think of like the story of Jonah, you know, where he like literally right. turns and goes the opposite direction. Yeah. I'm like. Moses, you know, oh, yeah, he's like, Do not, I can't speak, I don't know how to, I can't do this. Yeah. It's like, No, I'm gonna go with you, it'll be fine. Yeah, Jeremiah's like, I'm only a boy, we don't really yeah. know how old he was in this, yeah. whether he's using that as an excuse or whatever. But either way, God's like, No, yeah, you, I you, gotcha. you're the one, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, um, yeah, Mary is kind of might be one of the very few rare exceptions for who is like, Okay. Yeah, it'll be as you say, like almost all the other ones are some kind of hmm. Samuel says, here I am eventually, yeah, that's true. but it takes a while for him to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, some prophets get like a burning coal to touch yeah. there. Is that Ezekiel or Isaiah? Doesn't he get a scroll to eat? Yeah. Um, but Jeremiah is a little more low key, which just, is probably fine with not get his lips scalded or something but um but there's this there's this like no before i formed you in the womb i knew you like from the very beginning of your story this is where it was headed Mm -hmm. is that a is that comforting or not i can't i can't tell well that's kind of before you were born i consecrated you like i i like kind of set you aside for this and appointed you yeah, this should be an honor. Yeah, it's also kind of a burden. You don't get any say in this. I've yeah. already, I've already decided. Um, no free will. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, I don't know, but it, it's. I think it does speak to kind of at least in my experience, like a a feeling that so many of us have of being feeling kind of inadequate mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. You know. To, it, much of anything, but like, right. especially do something that we feel God is calling us to do. Mm. Um, Our so, imposter syndrome is sometimes yeah. that talked about quite a bit. I think a lot of us have that where we're like, oh my gosh, people assume I know what I'm doing. And I, I don't know if that's true. And uh, Jeremiah's made me feel a little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of, <laughs> I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Can't do this. God's like, don't say that. You'll be fine. <laughs> You're gonna do it. Like you will do it. Like I'm gonna help you do it. Yeah. You know, and as Lutherans, we we another kind of Lutheran saying would be the priesthood of all believers. That understanding that all of us, in whatever ways, are called to to do, you know, work God's work, God's work, our hands kind of thing. Um, I was wondering what it looked like to kind of rewrite this call story to make it about us like maybe before i formed you in the womb i i knew you as you were as you were baptized you were set aside for this this particular life and then you know all of those all of those words and promises that we surround a baptism with are i think meant to be this sort of call mm-hmm. our call story that starts right there often when we are very young infants god calling us to a particular task and way of being and living in the world and and I, 
probably pretty often we wake up in the morning and be like, I can't work for justice and peace in all the earth. Like that's too big of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel overwhelming. That's for sure. But, but yeah, in our baptisms, we are called and sent and, you know, to, to do whatever it is in front of us. Um, and but. sometimes the word of the Lord does not come to us quite this clearly because <laughs> this is like beautifully poetic yeah. and composed and, and heard. And I think for a lot of our people, I think we we'll, would long for a calling this clear and specific. Right. And yeah. Instead we are, Oh, we are just like what, discerning. We are praying and listening and praying and listening. And like, God, what would you have me do in this time of my life or with this set of circumstances? And what a gift this would be. Even if they were hard words, you know, at some point would be like, just tell me, just tell me God. Yeah. Well, and I think so often when I do have, maybe other folks have this experience too, when you have kind of like a God moment or an aha moment, it's like, I remember this from my call story of becoming a pastor. It was like, I remember the night I was like, this is, this feels so right. This is what I want to do. And then the next morning I was like, what am I thinking? This is the <laughs> dumbest idea I've ever had, of, you know, uprooting my family and moving to seminary. Um, and it doesn't always have to be those big things, but, you know, I think we are good. Kind of one of our human nature things is being able to like justify just about mm-hmm. anything yeah. or to do or not do, you know, um, Rather than just kind of stepping out and trusting, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say these hard words, you know, the, of of God's love, like mm. from Jesus' story. I'm gonna tell people what they need to hear in a loving way, mm-hmm. and see what happens. Maybe we pastor on the prairie because there aren't any cliffs around here. That's right. <laughs> it's not. I, I can't even think of where we would be thrown off of that would do behind more. the Hampton Inn up there where the discovery center is going in. Oh, that could hurt. I don't that know. That might leave a mark. Yeah. <laughs> Any, we don't need to give people ideas. Okay. Let's stop that conversation. Oh, okay, no, yeah. Jeremiah, I don't, I was reading, um, uh, another Lutheran mom was, um, writing about the text for this week. And she said she was in the car with her four-year-old and he's always asked like, what are you going to be when you grow up? So he had asked his mom, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, well, I think I still want to be a pastor. And he's like, mom, I mean, like what important job do you want to do? Like, do you want to be like a dog walker or a milkshake maker? (laughs) And this sort of idea, like in his math and in his sort of, uh, view of the world, like those are extremely important jobs. And, you know, maybe a pastor is kind of an important job too, but the idea being that, um, no matter what your call story is about, whether it's to be a prophet, like to the nations or the pastor to a congregation or the teacher to a classroom or the mechanic who fixes my car so that I have a mode of transportation, like all of those callings are, are good and holy and worthy. And, you know, we can consider ourselves consecrated for those things, um, because God calls us and gifts us differently for all kinds of, um, all kinds yeah. of roles. Kind of going back to what we talked about last week about being one for mm-hmm. the same mission, you know, that we're still all through Christ. We're all one and we are all have our gifts and jobs to do. And yeah, I know, like, I think about it, like in this cold weather, uh, one of the more important people are, you know, people that provide electricity and are yeah. out fixing stuff. The, the furnace breaks down those folks yeah. who can go out and fix that, you know, People clearing the streets so that we can leave our houses. People that feel a lot more important often than what I'm doing. Right. Sitting here, you know, (laughs) Um, they actually help people live their lives and things. But in the end, we, we are, we're all all contribute to that. Um, So, 
Well, uh, there's a lot. Uh, any closing thoughts here for Jesus or for Jeremiah? Okay, well, um, thank you everyone for joining us for our wandering in the word today. For that'll be for uh, this weekend, January 30th, 2022's lectionary readings. Um, we're glad you could join Pastor Brandy, Melissa, and myself. Until next week, uh, we'll talk to you all later. Take care. Bye. Bye.